0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast. My name is Zach, and I am joined, as usual, by my co-host. I'll start off today by introducing Sam first. So, Sam, how you feeling? How you doing? First game of the season in the books. I'm feeling fantastic, Zach. Uh, This
1: is exactly the start we wanted. A great 3-0 victory without any question marks, you know, without any... Oh, we, we we played so well, but we couldn't convert. Blah blah blah. Like a a, a match where we should have won and we won. So I got it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm happy. It's a great start to the new season. I mean, it was it was a great start for the whole. I think for the Premier League as a whole, a lot of you know crazy results. Like I, I remember wake like those terrible waking up Saturday morning for this match and seeing that. Bruno had a hat trick and Pogba got four goals. Like that was probably one of the worst ways to wake up, <laughs> honestly.
0: Uh, Andres, do you kind of do you share that same sentiment?
2: I mean, I usually am all for hating on Manchester United, but in one of my fantasy leagues, I do have Bruno Fernandes, so he did get wow. me plenty of points. So you don't care about I, your other
1: fantasy league, Andres. Listen, man.
2: <laughs> I like winning. I like winning personally more than I hate. Manu and Bruno Fernandes. So I
0: love the pronunciation. Oh, dude, I'm, nice. I'm all about
2: the the was it? Max Aaron's pronunciation of Bruno Fernandes. Can we just start calling
0: him Bruno Fernandez no, It's Fernandes. I like I like the Fernandez. I think that's like, that. like a better accent. I rather like not. I
2: rather not talk to him at all. Talk about him at all. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if it was a Euros, we wouldn't be talking about him at all. <laughs> that's true. Or that's any true. big He yeah, <laughs> stole my joke right, I, right
1: before I was about to say that. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's jump in a little bit to... Wait, uh, wait,
2: time out. Uh-huh. For those up? listening, What Zach, what podcast is this?
0: The Romans Empire
2: Podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea mm,
0: yeah. and talk shit. About Crystal Palace. There it is. Yeah, it is. he 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 did miss that. I, I didn't want and to point it I, out. But... I, I also missed the fact that we are going to be talking a bunch of shit about Arsenal. And it's these are my favorite match previews because they're the most laughable. Yeah, I I want I I want to start off with Arsenal
1: so bad, but we'll save that for the end. Um, <laughs> so going through the starting lineup uh against Crystal Palace, uh Mendy and goal. Uh, Chalobinio, aka hey. aka Trevo. Remember the name chalaba a, a nickname that Zach for some reason coined and is uh, trying to get that trending. But I, I'm a chalabino Chalobinio guy. nice.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Christiansen, Rudiger. Those are the back three. Then we had Dave Kovichich, Jorginho, and Marcus Alonso in the midfield, uh, with uh, Dave and Alonso playing the wing back roles. Mason Mount, Timo Werner, Pulisic up front. Um, let's start off with Marcus Alonso because you know I, I'm a wing back guy, and Marcus Alonso is quietly running away with that left wing back position. Maybe uh, in the 27th minute, uh, a ball on the right side just outside of the 18. Mount and Alonso line up. Alonso winds up. Um, uh, winds up. Shoots. Powell's keeper has no chance, doesn't even move, bang. In the back of the net. Um We gotta actually let me go through his in game stats first. Uh that's one he had one goal uh from that free kick, three shots uh from a left wing back is insane. Uh eighty eight percent pass success, two chances created, four or five accurate long balls. He was dispossessed only one time. Zach. Sheesh that, yeah which is i mean I, I actually did see so i saw somewhere else that he was dispossessed nine times so i don't know who, who's keeping track of the stats but either way it doesn't really matter um yeah. he had a great match and we should be talking about this uh this lack of a ben chillwell's presence out there we've yet to mm-hmm. see him so far this season uh and in the preseason obviously um or I'm sorry, the Super Cup. Um, so this is this is our first question. It comes from Michael at Michael No Digits, and I don't know if this is a serious question or <coughs> he just wants to get our take. Is Alonzo our best player? Offensively, maybe <laughs> he could be offensively <laughs> our best player. What do you guys think, Zach? Wait, time um, out.
2: You should ask what Ron asked. Ron, so that we're yeah. gonna ask Zach.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. This one, we got a question from Ron, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Deluxe, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Supreme. He is singling you out specifically, Zach. Your thoughts on Alonzo was the same – which was the same question that I had just asked, but I wanted to
0: give uh, Ron a shout-out. He is perfect for us um, in the sense that he doesn't throw a hissy fit by not being the first choice. Um, He's humble. He's reliable. When he's deployed as a left wing back, he is reliable. I'll correct myself there. Um, or striker, but no, we've yet to see. Or striker, yeah, <laughs> we've yet to see that. I mean, the point is, you know, I, I've always maintained this. Um, whenever we talked about Alonzo, um, he is arguably one of the best wing backs in world football. Um, yes, defensively, he has his 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 faults, but in the attacking sense, what he gives us is completely invaluable. I think. I think he gives us more in the attacking sense than, Bill, than Ben Chilwell does. And Sam, I'm glad that you brought it up that he's slowly making this spot his. I think that's a fair argument. I think based on his performances and the consistency of his performances, um, he deserves to play a little bit more. And yeah, you know, Ben Chilwell is our quote unquote obvious first choice. But to have a backup like Alonso is almost a blessing in a sense. I, I spoke last week about our cover at right wing back and how I thought, you know, Dave won't be playing out there too much. And then lo and behold, Dave plays out there at the weekend. But um I still think we need that cover on the opposite end. And, you know, when Marcus Alonso plays on the left, it just highlights that even more. Um, I have a stat here. Um, so every single season that Marcus Alonso has played for Chelsea, which is five seasons, um he has scored a goal in each season. Um, and no defender in the Premier League has scored more goals than him in the last five years combined. Really? So, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. So, That's amazing. I, mean, I mean, granted, you have to kind of take the pool of players that have been in the Premier League for that long. But, I mean, you're comparing him with, you know, guys like Kyle Walker, guys like Harry Maguire, who do get on the score sheet occasionally. So it is an impressive feat for him. And I hope it continues, man. I'm I'm really not fussed when I see a long on the team sheet. Even though you used to, I used, I used to. to. Well, look, as a left back under Sorry, I couldn't wait for him to leave, um, or or not leave. I couldn't wait for him, or I I didn't want him to play really. Yeah. Um, but in that back three, I he's tailor made for that position. Andres,
2: I mean, I think Alonzo has done a lot of growth since he got here because, you know, there was a point where he did try to force a move out when he was kind of the. The hot topic is as a left wing back trying to make force. His agent was trying to force a move to Italy. Then, you know, under Frank, he was totally frozen out. Tuchel arrives and starts using him when he first switches to 3-4-3. Now, you know, he shows up to preseason early after not being called up for the Euros. Plays great in preseason. Plays great in the Super Cup. Does it again here. Like you said, Zach, it's great to have a guy that's now completely okay with his role. And props to Alonzo for, you know, staying not just match fit, but mentally fit as well. So that once he is called upon, there's no rust. There's no lapses of judgment. Like the guy is ready. We we usually just deploy Ben Chillwell, And we did for most of last season. And then when Alonso would make a cameo appearance, it was always a solid one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us to to have the chance to, to just seamlessly place him as a starter going into the first week because, again, Chihuahua wasn't with the team for most of the preseason, it's a blessing. And in a in a season where we're, ju- we're competing for multiple trophies, there's a new competition in the Club World Cup added in the already-packed December trying to repeat in the Champions League. We're going to have to trust in Alonso. And, you know, again, performances like this are are the reason why he's the kind of guy that you want to keep in the squad. Uh, not not, not to mention that he also predicted that he was going to be the first goal scorer for Chelsea this season when he was doing an ad for the Chelsea play predictor thing. They asked him, like, who's going to score the first goal this season? And he said, me.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. I never saw that. Wow. That's hilarious. Spot on. As, as of right now, I think he's my first choice uh, at left wing back. What about you guys?
1: Well I was going to I was going to ask a question another one from Michael uh at hmm. at Michael no digits. Um he asked did Chilo party too much on holiday maybe? I mean, cuz like you see Emerson coming on from Marcus Alonso in the 86th minute and I and I'm hoping it's just you know in in that in that specific instance it's just too cool saying okay, it's not worth like getting him on and you know like he, we we want him. We'd rather have him fully rested for the next match because I'm kind of under the assumption that Mark that Ben Chilwell will start next match, and I mm-hmm. think that he's just not match fit right now. In all honesty, and I know we've been talking about Marcus Alonso taking over that spot, but I I, I still think that it's uh it's definitely Ben Chuel's spot. Like in all honesty. Yeah.
2: I, I agree. I think it's still Chilwell's. I mean, again, good for Alonzo for a great performance. Fantastic goal. But Crystal Palace didn't do much attacking. And and we all know that if there's a weakness to Alonso's game, it's his defense. So, again, when a team just wants to sit back, I'll gladly play Alonso to give Chilwell a break. But, yeah, I mean, Chilwell, it's weird because – Players like Emerson, they have a little bit of match fitness because they played through the Euros and things like that. But Chilwell hasn't played a match of football since the Champions League final. Mm -hmm. He didn't play at all for England. Then the whole stupid COVID thing happened because he hugged uh, Gilmore. Like He got zero minutes in a month-long tournament. And on top of that, because he was at the tournament even without playing, he got a vacation. So, yeah, I think it's just a fitness thing he was yeah. on the if he wasn't on the bench i'd say that chelsea's maybe not reporting an injury or something but i'm not sure if he'll start against arsenal but i think he's still our primary choice at left wing
0: alonzo always is he's always ready to go i don't think yeah. it matters what time of year he's one of those guys that i think he has that genetic fitness you know or that genetic cardio rather you know how some guys they could hardly train and they can go for 90 minutes i think he's one of those
2: if he doesn't have to defend.
0: If he doesn't have to defend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hoping that he's okay and he's not losing his spot because Ben Chilwell was one of my favorite players to watch last season. And, uh, but I'm all for competition, competition, you know, like it's, it's, it's much better to have two players who you can arguably see say belongs in our best 11 as opposed to having none. Um, uh, let's move on to, uh, are the podcast's favorite player and America's favorite player, Christian Pulisic. Uh, it's our dream scenario. Uh, Marcos Alonso scoring the first goal and then Christian Pulisic to follow it up, uh, in the 40th minute being at the right place at the right time. Really? Um, he had a chance early on also within like the first 10, 15 minutes. But beyond that, he did have a pretty slow start. Um, and it looked like around the 20th minute Tukul kind of got into him and yelled at him and it looked like a just like a flip switched and he turned like he went into attack mode and uh i really liked what i saw from that point on um and for some reason this guy just hates Crystal Palace i think it's it has to be the the acronyms you know like c- crystal palace Christian polistic they are both c p oh,
0: they're stealing his shit
1: exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like there can be only one real cp it's me but in five he's had five goals in five matches against them so...
2: and some real quick i want to apologize because my esl definitely took over i'm pretty sure the saying is switch flipped <laughs> and i switch, wrote the flipped. script flip I don't switch. Know what the, did, did i say
1: one? did i say flip switched that's what i wrote so i apologize i don't think <laughs> i said i, totally I might have up. said that, you said right? flip
0: you said flip switched i think <laughs> I was like oh, wait a
2: that's second. That's on me. Oh, so I, all,
1: that that's on me for trying down. to read a script that <laughs> Andreas wrote. That they should have just gone straight off the dome. Um but uh his in-game stats, one goal uh off of two shots, 92% pass uh, accuracy, two out of two accurate long balls, uh 50% dribble success rate, so 2 of 4. Um Andreas, I'll start off with you. This question is uh, the first time question actually from Sky at Chelsea FC Sky. Sky. So shout out to Sky. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, they ask, do you think Pulisic will benefit from having a striker more in line of a Giroud type of player like Lukaku? Uh, more more than other wingers? Uh, Andreas, what do you think?
2: Uh, yes, 100%. I think that... There was points in the game where there was so much switching that the front three, you know, leading up to that goal, I felt like the front three didn't really know what to do. Um, I was actually texting a friend of mine and I was telling him, I. he was like, man, we're dominating. And I was like, oh, I don't know, something's off in this attack. And and Sky makes a good point. We've been playing without a true striker um, for a lot of parts of last season, the start of this season, now that Giroud is gone and Tammy as well, and we'll talk about that later. But Pulisic's best moments at Chelsea were under Frank's first year when Giroud was the striker, and, you know, he had a defined role from the outside working his way in rather than starting so centrally. So, yeah, I think it'll be a huge benefit for him when Lukaku is in the middle, or more so when even Kai is in the middle and we have a focal point in the attack, and it's not this kind of free-flowing... Oh, you go in the middle sometimes, you go in the middle sometimes, because Polišic is so good in the one-on-one dribbling that, you know, when you place him in between maybe two center backs and two defensive mids, he can only do so much, and and his size will get taken advantage of if he tries to dribble around that situation, so yes, 100%, I think that if Polišic, you know, first off, he has to earn a starting position, because I think that's hurdle number one. But if he does and then does well working with Lukaku, then yeah, I think that this could be a huge season for him.
0: Yeah. Um, it's common sense, isn't it? When you have a natural striker out on the pitch, it just kind of makes everything easier. If you're a creative attacking player like Pulisic is, you know, I, I think it's going to take the load off of all the players, not just Pulisic. I think it'll take the load off Berner as well. A little bit of that pressure will get released off of him. Kai Havertz as well. He always He talked about the pressure going into this season. So I think it's just going to loosen up the whole attack in general. When you have a guy up there who's going to get into great scoring positions, he's a very intelligent striker in Lukaku. You know, I'm, I'm looking at Werner's game almost. In this particular match, all the space he was able to find when there looked like there was hardly any space. He still found space in behind. Lukaku looks for those similar runs. But Lukaku gets there with power, right? If Lukaku gets the ball in the same positions that Werner got the ball in against Palace, he probably bags a hat trick or at least he gets a double, you know, a lot of those first time touches in the box have, or even that shot slash cross, whatever it was. But mm-hmm. I mean, going back to Pulisic, it's going to make the game easier when Lukaku's in those positions as opposed to Werner, because teams are going to ha- be shitting their pants when he gets the ball. Um, <laughs> you have a lethal striker, you have a guy that can take people off the dribble. His, his game as a striker is very well-rounded. It's almost complete. Um, so you add a player like that next to Pulisic, as opposed to somebody who's a little more one-dimensional, like a Werner, who's really just a pace merchant when he's playing up top. It's going to open up everyone's game, and I think it's going to open up those pockets of space in behind the striker where the number ten would normally operate, which is where Pulisic probably shines the most. So I'm excited, man. I think I think adding him is just going to give our attack a whole new dimension. And you know, in the same way that we talk about the impact of Mendy you know, having that impact from the back moving forward, I think Lukaku is going to have a similar impact from the forward moving backwards. He's going to make everyone playing behind him that much more confident because he's so clinical. So Pulisic's definitely included in that bunch, and I think everybody's going to benefit off him, not just Christian.
1: I wanted to ask that question, but uh, I also wanted to talk or ask you guys how you thought Pulisic played in this match uh, in particular. What did did you see from him, and uh, do you think that moving forward he's going to get you know a solid amount of starts at that uh left wing or right wing position wherever he played it was it was pretty fluid he played all around the, that front three right. but um yeah. what did you andreas what did you see from Polisic?
2: again i think this fluidity is almost to the detriment of Polisic because again burner slides wide and then you don't have somebody that takes up that middle space so for me i think it'll his game should change. I, I thought this game again was very slow start, and I think he got he grew in confidence as the game went on. Obviously, he scored, but I mean you you mentioned earlier fifty percent dribble success is not good for a winger, and for the fact that he only attempted four dribbles can tell you kind of where he was picking up the ball um, on the pitch. So, I, as much as I like when wingers switch, I think it was done a little too much in this game and you know what kind of adds to it is the fact that when caverns came on the front 3 almost scored right away and mm-hmm. and I'm not saying like it was all on Polissic but when you add that central figure it makes everyone's you know roles in the front 3 a little bit more easy to understand and they kind of know where to go so yeah it, it's tough because he's going to be competing now now that Lukaku is like the guy in the middle right like we can expect him to start most matches then there's only two spots for Kai Mount Werner Ziyech Cho and Polisic. so six dudes are competing for two spots it, it's going to be tough like i said it's you you talk about competition being a good thing it's going to yeah it, it better bring out the best of them or you're going to get demoted to being a backup wing back to get mm-hmm. minutes like it's simple as that
0: I think, I think this season we could consider an outlier just because we have so many games and so much and, and so many minutes to give, um, you know, with the added tournament, obviously. Um, but it's kind of hard to tell right now who's going to be the first player to get quote unquote alienated from that front three once Lukaku comes into the fold. I mean, it's clear Lukaku's going to start from the off. He's available at Arsenal. Um, sorry to spoil the, you know, Arsenal preview, but. Um, he's obviously going to start there. So like Andres said, you have those two positions. Mason Mount is pretty much an immovable object at the right wing at the moment. Um, and now you got guys like Havertz, Werner and Pulisic fighting for that spot. It's tough because, you know, we've seen Tuchel favor Werner a lot. He's relied on Timo all of last season. Um, and, you know, he even stuck with him in a champions league final um, over Pulisic. So, you know, it's going to be difficult. I have a bad feeling Pulisic might be the first person to lose minutes as a result of Lukaku coming into the fold, but you know, he is scoring goals and the performance didn't start out well, but like you said, Sam, I mean, he grew into the match and I didn't really get the Pulisic slander after the 90 minutes were up. Um, you know, the guy went out there, he improved his performance and he got his goal. So, I really have no complaints there. Um, you know, if he finished the game terribly and didn't get a goal, then we have an argument. So I don't know. I I, I have that gut feeling that Tuchel's going to opt with, you know, the Germans and Werner and Havertz um, just because he's trusted them so much in the past. But, you know, I won't be surprised if Pulisic could play himself into the fold. I mean, we all know that he has the talent to do it. So I hope he does. And personally, I think the team just has better balance when you have a natural winger playing next to a natural striker. So there's my take.
1: So not Timo or Kai Havertz on the wings <laughs> or even no, Mason Mount for that.
0: Look, look, I, I, I think, I think Kai is long-term. I think Kai is probably better suited to play there just because Mason Mount's going to drop off into the midfield and it's going to look like a front two a lot more. um, And I think that's eventually what Tuchel wants to do. um, You know, we like to suffocate teams and by doing that, we suffocate them in the midfield. um, So I don't know. It's going to be difficult to tell, but I mean, as long as he keeps scoring goals, you can't make the argument to sit him. He has to keep playing, and and, and that goes for everybody. You, you've mm-hmm. got to kind of ride the hot hand. And right now, you know, he's scoring goals.
1: And then with that same that same kind of uh, rhetoric, you play the hot hand. I think going back to Marcus Alonso, mm-hmm. that probably also plays into that a little bit as well. Whether we'll see him start uh, on Sunday. That Sunday fully
0: plays into why. Sunday, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean that. That's why I was advocating for him being first choice. Is it, again yeah.
2: that same argument. I, mean, I don't know if he playing Sunday means he's first choice. I mean, no, they they are no. Playing Arsenal I'm saying, like, situationally.
0: Yeah, I'm saying at the moment. You know, as long as he keeps playing well and he's fit and he could play the ninety minutes, you keep starting him.
2: Just like Arsenal. anybody else.
0: Like
1: he's, you know, he's not going to be asked to, upon to like play a lot of defense anyway. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. not really a big deal. Uh, all right, now let's move on to the last uh, topic of this of this match. Trevo, remember the name, Chalabino.
0: <laughs> Chalabino.
1: All right, where do we begin? Zach, I think we need to begin on the nickname. Uh, remember the name,
0: baby. <laughs> why? Yeah.
1: Is there a reference that I'm not getting, or is it just you want people to remember his name?
0: Uh... To be honest with you, the moment he scored, everything went completely black, <laughs> and I just typed that name onto Twitter, posted it, and it was more like a, I'm just going to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks.
2: So, I yeah. mean –
0: The Chalabino nickname is great though. I love I, it. Jorginho one-upped me, and that's the thing.
2: So, Chalabino, yeah. I like Chalabino better. I mean, Zach yeah. – you, you, We'll, we'll we'll let you have it this time, but I don't think this one's gonna stick. I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it. I'll find a okay. I'll find a good nickname for Definitely. him that
2: represents his playing style
0: too.
1: Okay, uh, um, sure. So on his pre- Premier League debut, Trevo Chalaba scores an absolute banger from far out, and it's crazy because when he's there in that spot, you can hear the fans kind of like, "Come on, have a go for it," you know? They want him to shoot. And, you know, we've seen that shot from Rudiger, from Zuma, from whoever else is playing back there. Sometimes Andreas Christensen, David Luis for years. Well, David Luis, yeah, definitely. And you're never expecting them to even be on target. But this one, you hit it nice and low, right in the corner, absolute banger. I literally screamed "Oh my god" like 5 times in a row. <laughs> I couldn't say anything else other than that. It was one of the craziest things I'd ever seen. Um such an amazing man of the match performance. Uh 77 accurate passes of which 46% were forward passes into the opponent's half. He was playing really really far up. It was great on the on the right side. Um, 93% pass success. Uh, five out of six accurate long balls. Two out of three duels won. Two out of three aerial duels won. Two interceptions. Um, what a. We'll start off. Let's start off before we get into the questions. Zach, what did you make of that performance? Like, well, was that one of the greatest debut performances that you can remember?
0: For, it for was. an academy player especially? It was. It was uh it was emotional. I, I mean I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I teared up. Uh when I feel when that, he was man, celebrating. I feel that. Um It was a great, a great moment. It was almost instantaneous. The ball went to the back of the net and he didn't even have the chance to put his hands up before the tears came out. He just dropped to his knees and it was just You you see moments like that and um you realize how special football is and what it could do um, for for people. So that just everything too. I love about and the This game. club, especially. This like, club, especially. You know, yeah.
1: with, with Lukaku coming back, that Chalaba goal. Like there was all the a lot pictures, of reminders this week, like of how amazing this club is.
0: I love all those pictures of um, of them winning trophies together when they were younger. When it was like Cho, Mount, Reese, Chalaba, They're all just yeah. next to each other, posing with multiple trophies, multiple pictures, and you know Chalaba talked about it after the match and he said you know it was just it's incredible like you know I've won trophies with these guys we've won before so you know the chemistry is obviously already there but the fact that he's such a good kid um is 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 icing on the cake um you know he he does everything right you know he in terms of professionalism on the pitch and off the pitch his his posture is great i mean obviously when he plays he's ridiculously good, and you know, we 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 almost forgot about Jules Kounde, guys. <laughs> um, but look, I I think I think it's important that we make the right decision with him next. Um, that's kind of all I'm gonna say on that. I don't really know <laughs> what the right decision is because you know these Kounde rumors, like I said, they're not going away. But you know, if, if I'm going based on my initial instinct, he, he stays in the starting squad. It, again, the same argument we applied to Pulisic and the same argument I applied to Marcus Alonso goes to him as well. Um, we talk about them being the hot hand. I mean, he put in back-to-back man of the match performances, and one of them was in the European Cup final. The other one was on the first day of the Premier League season.
2: It's crazy. That's all two, that needs to be said. Two
1: matches changes everything for him, huh?
2: Andres, Five. Like... Yeah. Well, yeah. the yeah, true. Three season. I mean – we started this preseason talking about a major youth exodus because the youth don't think they can work their way into the squad. The top center back prospect in Mark Gahey leaves wow. immediately, yeah. and then here comes Chalobah. He's like, in a very Mason Mount-like fashion, bets on himself when everybody else tells him not to, and now the club is thinking, well shit like the kid has it you know and and those are the things that you love to see from the academy guys it's again you you understand that and you want you respect their decision if they think they can make their cut somewhere else but to have the balls to say i can go straight into the chelsea first team and then prove it, it you you're made from a whole yeah you're built different because I, I don't think any of us had Trevor Chaloba in our depth chart going into this preseason, let alone going into the Super Cup, let alone going into the Premier League. And he had a few mistakes in the Super Cup, which he grew into the match, and then he had zero mistakes against Crystal Palace. So, I mean, it's it's incredible. I think that, you know... I hope the club really thinks and, and discusses with him, you know, hey, these are your options before just thinking that, you know, he can get minutes elsewhere. He's still, you know, young. He's like 21 or 22, if I'm not mistaken. If that, I think I'm actually sh- shooting his age too high because he played with Reese and Reese is what, I 20 years
1: was old? 22.
2: So, I mean, the guy used to captain the youth team. So, you know, he's a leader. He's got the size. He can only fill in the frame a little bit more. He's extremely forward thinking for a center back. Uh, he can play center mid, which was one of the bajillion reasons that people were calling for Declan Rice is because he can do both. Well, we have a guy that can do both already in the squad. And and yeah, before I I spoil the questions, I'll I'll kind of keep my mouth shut. But the guy was unbelievable and well deserved man of the match. Um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, we talked about his celebration and, you know, it, it, it puts it in line with me for, I think the first one I remember that was similar to this was when under Conte in the FA Cup, Charlie Musonda. Yeah. And that kid tried so hard to finally make it. And, and, you know, unfortunate for him, injuries continue to be an issue, but that meant so much to him. And then you have Trevo who probably didn't expect to start the season here and as a center back you're you know muanda is at least an offensive player as a center back in a back three like you're you're not supposed to be anywhere near that sort of position mm-hmm. to hit hit it as cleanly as he did the ball was like moving weirdly too it was like almost a knuckle ball going to that far post and and to score in the first match in like eighteen months of full capacity at, at stanford bridge like it mm-hmm. doesn't get better than that it, and, it really and thank doesn't. god
1: he did it in front of the fans if that was last year and there was no one there it wouldn't have been oh, the would have stunk
2: yeah it would have yeah, been fun. so i mean i'm so happy for the guy mm-hmm. and and yeah i'm i'm crossing my fingers that you know it's not just week one and you know he's off to some other league um
1: Let's get into the first question. This one is from Trey at Trey O'Wolf. He said, Is Chalaba's surgeon form good enough to make him a starter? If so, mm-hmm. does Aspie or Reese lose out on a spot? I think at this point, I mean, through two matches, we've seen obviously Dave being favored over Reese James at, at either center back or right back or right wing back. Mm-hmm. So if we do end up seeing a lot more of Chalaba as the right center back, I think that Reese is going to be the one, unfortunately, who misses out a little bit on time, but it won't, you know, at, at Dave's age, he's not going to play every match, you know, like there's still going to be a lot of rotation there Mm -hmm. at, at both center, right, center back and
0: right wing back. But, um, Zach, what do you think? Uh, I mentioned it in my little tangent. I think right now, yeah, you, you just ride the hot hand. I mean, he's playing well. Um, you know, something that's important to keep in mind with young players is that they need the consistency of playing time um, in order to maintain that confidence and maintain that high level. Um, you know, unlike guys like Thiago Silva, who can play one warm-up match against the, you know, fifth tier team and be, you know, hop in and be world class again. These guys need, you know, multiple games to get the wheels up and running and to get up to speed. And, know i think you got to keep playing him um yeah i think it's i think that's probably the most important part of his development at this stage and i think that's the only thing the club should really worry about um moving forward with him at least this season is you know the the kid needs to get enough playing time Uh, he doesn't necessarily have to play every week i don't want to say he's a starter in our best 11 because it's only two matches and dave is dave um so, you know, I still think Dave goes in our best 11 at that right center back position. But, um, you know, Chalapa's making a really good case um, of making that spot, you know, his in the future. And I think that's something that Tuchel does have in the back of his mind. I think that's why those Koundé rumors aren't going away. I know I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but, you know, Tuchel does have to worry about those older players. And I think Dave is the first the first one that needs attention is, OK, who am I going to slowly phase into this position um, to take over for Dave? um and right now Chalaba's looks like the the front runner and to be completely honest guys i have absolutely no problem with it i you know i know it's only been two games but i have full confidence that this kid really is the business
2: again i i just want to say that first off like obviously with form and and more so match fitness That's obviously why Aspie's playing right wing back. I also want to say that, in my opinion, I don't think Reese is going to be playing in that back three. I think that was just a a quick switch because of who we were playing at the end of last season, more so with where Tuchel sees Reese's future. Now, what I really think could happen is that Chalaba takes over for Aspie, as of right now, with the current squad we have. And and the reason I think that is, is simply because Chaloba is bigger. Chaloba is more athletic at this point in their career. And if his form is not just a run of form, and it's just that's how good he is, then they can probably split time with Reese in front of them being the main starter. Aspie is 31. Uh, That's not a secret that he's in his 30s. Thiago Silva, 36. And Rudiger is much younger. He's only 28. But Two of our three in the back line are aging and, and Reese James is only in his early twenties, so for me, Chalaba would replace Aspie.
1: Alright, let's go to this next question. Uh this was kind of already answered a little bit. Um but this one's from Michael, another Michael at Michael. Uh, I read that right. Um, do we really he said, he said, do we really need to sign Kunde? trev seems enough um i mean we kind of talked about that just now zach you you're dying to
0: give your official take on this what is yeah it? um i don't think Kunde is an immediate need for the team um but i do i do kind of agree with what you said last week song where you mentioned that you know eventually guys like rudiger obviously dave is on the wrong side of 30 um, they're going to be creeping up towards the age where we need to start getting a little bit more youthful. So I'm not against signing Kunde. I just want to make that very, very clear. Um, I, I actually rate him. I would love to have him in our squad. I think he'd benefit our squad and make us better. But in terms of an immediate need, what Trevor Chalaba is giving us is uh, is a little bit of everything. So. Um, I don't think we necessarily have to go and pay $60 million for a center back this summer. I think we can use that money and apply it elsewhere in the squad to strengthen. Like, I, I still think we need a CDM. I know Chalaba could play there, um, but I also know that when Conte is down and we need to be a little bit more defensive and pragmatic in our approach, we don't have a backup. So I I think that's a more glaring weakness in the team as opposed to adding another center back in our already deepest position at center back. Uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, we don't need Koundé. We have five center backs that can cover three spots. But if I'm supposed to look at longevity, I mean... It's tough. I, I don't know enough about this Levi Colwell kid, if, I, if I'm if i remembering his name correctly. Uh, he was the captain of the academy team last year, or he was the main starter, Le- Levi Colwell. He's at uh, Huddersfield on Lewis loan, Field, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So he's supposed to be kind of the left-sided center back of the future for Chelsea. Um I don't know enough, like I said, to to say if like he's highly rated and, you know, we're going to try to give him a squad spot next season. If that's what the club is thinking, then no, we don't need Koundé. Um, Zach mentioned a need for DM. Trevo Chalaba played a full season of DM last season. He can play center back. You can bring in Koundé and Trevo Chalaba can now cover two spots, both center back and the DM necessity. Kunde's 22 also, and he had a he's now rated as like the top center back in La Liga without Ramos and, you know, uh, Varane being part of it anymore. So, I mean, the guy has a pedigree already at age 22. I already mentioned that is 31, pushing 32, and <laughs> Silva is definitely up in age at 36. Uh, obviously, we have uh, Christensen ready to take over for Silva. But I don't see cover for Rudiger and I don't see, you know, um, a long-term replacement for Aspie just yet, unless we're thinking that that's Trevo. So I see why the club is still there for Kude. Sam, I know you and I talked about how other teams are also kind of keen on him. It's just a matter of, again, where does the club want to prioritize? So I don't think we need him, but I understand the links and I would, you know, at the end of the day, be okay with his signing.
1: And this is, like, one of those situations where, like, I secretly hope that Real Madrid comes in and buys him so that
2: it's it's We don't have to talk about it anymore.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, so it's, like, (laughs) not so tempting for Chelsea. It's like, oh, you know, we couldn't have got him anyway. Real Madrid got him, like, you know. So, uh, go to Real Madrid. It's really nice out there. Um, All right, this next point. Zach, you can just mute your mic for this because I don't want to hear your take on this. Um, Tammy going to Rome. <laughs> so disappointed in you right now, but it's okay. I, I, I'm so excited to talk about this right now. Um, so, Tammy, I- permanent move, uh, not alone, for reportedly 40 million euros plus add ons with a very flexible payment plan, uh, including a buyback clause. From 2023 onwards, for 80 million euros, um, it he wasn't sold to Arsenal. Okay, so Zach, you can stop crying about that, even though you're you're still continuing to, um, so uh, well, I'm Andreas. I know I've started with Zach on the last couple questions, but I need to start yeah. with Zach again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> are you are you gonna get over this like hostility I, I... you have against Tammy? No,
0: i i i i think i'm i think i'm pretty over it now. Oh, you he, said he no, and
2: I was like, "You're not." Gonna no, over listen, it. listen.
0: I, he didn't go to Arsenal. I think a lot of that hostility triggered a lot of anxiety and stress <laughs> that just made my mind one giant melting pot of terrible ideas about Tammy. No, look, you said good riddance I, when he was gone.
1: I did say good riddance. You said he can fuck off. I, <laughs> like what the hell bro? We have a buyback
0: clause. He he's going to come back eventually. The, the, I I like the buyback clause. <laughs> yeah. Look. I'm glad I'm glad he made the I'm glad he made the decision to go to Rome. Um I, I I argued it before on the pod and said, you know, Mourinho for as much as as much shit as you want to talk about him, he he makes his strikers score goals. All of his strikers score goals. And I don't think Tammy's an exception to the rule. I think, you know, he's going to need – obviously he's going to need playing time. He's been out of form for, what, almost a year now or a little less than a year. Um, You know, so once he gets into that squad and acclimated to the team, hopefully he can start scoring goals. I feel like he's that that player where once he gets three or four, we all know what happens. You know, he's going to get you double figures. So (sighs) I'm sad he's gone. I'm angry that he considered arsenal and I will get over it. I'll just stop there.
1: (laughs) You were embarrassing me, Zach, honestly. I was I was like monitoring our Twitter just to make sure you didn't post anything stupid about (laughs) it. No, 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 no. I was
0: never gonna I, I'm not a. I'm not a, I'm not a fucking power sure. man. No,
1: look. Here's the you, thing. You did say something in the Rep Ultra's Discord, and I was like, Oh, what? What are you talking about, Zach? Get the fuck out of here. That is. So I had to
0: monitor is... the Twitter and make sure hey, you didn't hey, say anything similar. Hey, the Discord with the Rep Ultras is a safe space.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, you know, you treat Twitter like a safe space sometimes too, but uh, yeah, I do. You know what? It's Way what it's fair. for. It's for eventing. But I don't want you to say to anything Som's stupid. To some credit,
0: if you, if you do follow our Twitter account, at Pod, just a good place to plug it, um, all the rash tweets are definitely mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the emotional, like, quick, like, spend 0. 0.5 seconds considering this. I right, know.
2: I'm going to post but, it right now. Example,
0: <laughs> is it that, is example, that what Twitter's for?
2: Yeah. For example, Trevor Chal... Remember the name Chalava. <laughs>
0: Exactly. That's a prime example
1: right there. Point <laughs> five seconds. Should Yo. I post this? Yes, let's go. Yeah. It's a yeah. tweet. Six likes. I'm killing it. <laughs> uh
0: but I wanna uh, kill myself no, You guys are making me
1: you it's know, okay. This is a safe space, Zach. Don't worry. Safe space uh, my ass. <laughs> but um I mean you talk you mentioned it, Zach, Andreas. You think this is the right move for Tammy? Um, I
2: think, I think it is. I'm, I'm a little bummed out that he decided to wait till the Roma offer instead of taking the Atalanta one. I mentioned that last week that you know he would have gotten the chance of playing Champions League, but you know just playing in the league and stuff, maybe he'll have more time to practice and kind of fine tune, perhaps what we called his weaknesses. And and Zach mentioned it. Mourinho, Mourinho did was the guy that believed in the young African center forward from the French league that became the one and only DDA Drogba. So I'm hoping that Mourinho can kind of find that magic again and get Tammy going in all cylinders. Um, I mean, he's following the footsteps of Tamori. So Tamori is now again, putting his name in, in sort of the England's national teams here. So yeah, I'm, I'm, hope to, I'm hopeful that Tammy can make good of his career from here, get those minutes he's been desiring, and, and start banging goals in Italy, much like he was doing in England.
0: Andres, you think uh, Tamori is better than Ben White? The Ben White? Uh, <laughs> yes. Sixty-nine million. Hot take. Hot take.
2: Wow. I'm just, ben White. I, know. Aka... I, I I don't know ball, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I just love, I love how Ben White's uh, transfer fee converted into dollars is $69 million. That makes it so funny. Mm -hmm.
2: Did you see the stats
0: after the Brentford match? (laughs) No,
2: no, but I I do want to add that, you know, people are like, Oh, Chelsea's only going to sell Tammy to buy him back for 80 million euro. I want to just state that in 2023, 80 million euro is going to be a bargain. The way the market is inflating. And on top of that, that's still cheaper than what Arsenal paid for Nicolas Pepe. It's
1: probably hey. cheaper. Yeah. And it's cheaper than what we did for Lukaku too. <laughs> like we sold Lukaku for less and, you know, uh, bought him for Look, more.
0: But but to be fair, it is a fair price tag both for Roma and for us because I don't want Tammy back unless he's actually worth that $80 million. Right. And obviously the price tag's fair for Roma. $80 million's is a lot of money for a club like that. So – I mean, I'm talking about them like they're a small club. They're not a small club by any stretch, but financially, obviously, they don't have the power. So, 80 yeah. million to them is, you know, overhauling your attack or overhauling your midfield.
1: And the, it wouldn't happen unless, like, I mean, we wouldn't buy him back unless that was the case, Zach. That he was killing it. Yeah. And it'd be worth it. Like, otherwise, the team's not going to want to bring him back. Um. So, I th- I love that. I love the addition of the buyback clause. Um. We talked about whether this is the right move for Tammy. Uh, You know, there's just not a lot of playing time for him to going around. I'm so happy for this, uh, you know, just the the, the connection between him and Mourinho now. Uh, I'm definitely going to be a huge Roma fan this year. I'm going to watch them. Uh, I have family who are Roma fans. But, uh, Zach, is this the right move for
0: Chelsea in addition to that? Yes, I think it is the right move. I mean, (laughs) there's not enough playing time going around for him, I think. The payment plan is very flexible in Roma's favor, based on what I read. Um, you know, obviously we're going to recoup his full fee, but it's just not going to come as quickly as as we'd expect.
1: It's COVID, yeah. You have, we, have,
0: yeah. we have to be. Flexible.
1: Anytime, I think
0: yeah, and I know the Italian clubs especially were hit really hard. So you know, we do have to make an exception for them, and that is why Inter decided to sell their you know their best wing back and. Obviously, the guy who was responsible for winning him the title last season. Um, I do want to just say one last thing on Tammy um, in regards to his legacy at Chelsea. If he you know, winds up never returning, he carried us in the Lampard era. Um, he was crucial um, in keeping us afloat that season. And, um, and you know, all the success that happened under Frank. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he didn't have that same success under Tuchel. I, I really would have loved if he did. I would have liked to bring hashtag Team Tammy back. Um, but, you know, all, all in all, you know, he's a great servant to the club. And I hope he, I hope he comes back. I just want to put that out there. You know, if he becomes this 80 million pound striker, then fuck yeah, let's bring him back. So good riddance and good luck, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Andreas, what do you think?
2: I mean, it's the deal's a win-win. I, I don't think I have much more to add on that end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is the best case scenario for all parties. I'm honestly shocked that Tammy and his agent were open to a buyback. Like I remember mentioning that, mentioned that I thought this was kind of a burnt bridge the way the last couple months had been for the for him at the club.
1: I never so thought this, that. Why would you th- why well, do you think that?
2: I mean, he was frozen out. I mean, he was given two chances to start in the Premier League and both times he was benched at halftime. So
0: I mean, he, to be fair, he he, he wasn't
2: good. good. Don't yeah. get, don't get me wrong, he wasn't good, but it's yeah. not like we were beating teams 5-nothing. Yeah. We were like like uh Tuchel legit made a joke after the Crystal Palace game he said, "It's nice to win a game where we don't need a Jorginho penalty to win." yeah <laughs> i don't know well I feel it like tells I,
0: you everything you need to know when tammy's direct replacement last year was a guy who does not score goals like yeah, that, 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 that is what true. he's known for <laughs> but uh, but like i just feel
1: like in the last you know four or five years however many years you want to make this time period uh i just feel like we've we've never burnt bridges with any of these players that have left and we were just talking about chalaba having pride for, you know, loving Chelsea coming up through the the youth system and having that connection with it. Lukaku wanting to come back. Yeah. Like, why is it so like hard for you guys to believe that? Tammy feels the same way too. Like, I still think he has love for the club. I don't think he ever thought that he was frozen out for any unfair reason. That's... And fair to say. I th- yeah. I mean, I'm, of course, when you're a footballer and like in the moment, I'm sure he was pissed off. But we're talking about Thomas mm-hmm. Tuchel, the guy who convinced Edward Mendy to come out for Kepa. Uh You know, yeah. the same kind of thing that Zach said, you know, Tammy was replaced for someone who doesn't score. Mendy got replaced by someone who can't save a goal so, <laughs> Same thing, and he was able to keep their cool uh, and it worked out in both I, in both instances but yeah, I, I guess like
2: whenever I guess whenever you hear the rumors of him wanting to go to Arsenal that kind of makes me think like okay he doesn't you know like you don't just be like oh I want to leave Chelsea to go to a bitter rival and I think that's what kind of made me think that for a second like if those rumors if there's if there's truth behind those rumors and it's like does he really love chelsea you know like that's that's where i was going at so yeah that's all i was saying
1: i don't know i think you're right i think that's i mean that's that's a fair point all right enough talking about the guy we're shipping out let's talk about the guy we're bringing in lukaku finally unveiled my theory was right we, we, he was waiting to get his jersey until we shipped out Tammy so he can get the number nine. <laughs> Zach was right about his, uh, press release being him holding his jersey, holding the front of the jersey up because he's going to take that nine from Tammy. Uh, so we were spot on with that. Um, he wasn't available, uh, this past weekend due to quarantine rules, but, um, as of today, uh, August sixteenth, we finally got pictures of him in this kit, um, both home and away. Uh, no well, matter how great ugly, yeah, no matter how ugly they are, they still look good on a player, and looks beautiful on him. Um, and a, a nice like ten, like twelve minute long interview on the fifth stand app, um, and I, mean, I saw it on YouTube, but it was awesome to watch. And like that's you know what we were mentioning earlier about him wanting to come back. He talked about that. Um, you know, we got a question from Ron. He said, "How hype are each of you after watching that Lukaku interview?" I can't fucking wait. Uh, let me let's let me just go through some of the quotes first. Uh, you know, talking about a leadership role, he mentioned how he wants to make sure that his teammates can lean on him. And, you know, with that massive body of his, I'm sure he can take a a lot of leaning from a lot of different players. So, uh, you know, when he was asked about Tuchel, he said, I've been very impressed. I've been watching the team as a fan. What I like about him is that every game he has a different game plan. And that's what really sets him apart. Um, When he was asked about his role on the pitch, he said, if he wants me to be a focal point or if he wants me to attack the spaces in behind, I can do it. The two years in Italy helped me master all the facets of the game for a striker, and now I'm ready. Uh, I mean, like, he's he's so ex- I'm so excited to have him. I'm so hyped. He mentioned all, even uh, talking to Havertz during a Europa League game before we before we bought him, saying that uh, he told him to go to Chelsea. <laughs> so <laughs> he's also actively recruiting for us on our behalf when he's not even on the club so he's a blue through and through um really a shocking i'm it's still a shocking signing to me you know if if you if you just consider the season that inter had first of all like you didn't think that they were going to sell him and like him like just like it just came out of nowhere it really did and i can't get over it andreas what do you think
2: First off, I want to th- say that fuck Mino Raiola, because this interview just makes me realize that Lukaku wanted to come to Chelsea when Conte was here.
0: That's why he sacked
2: And his agents, yeah, I mean, eventually, because his time at United was awful. Um, but it makes me just realize that he always had love for the club. I mean, the, the way he was speaking about the club, the way he was asked, like, how do you feel coming back? and all that like he is gonna be a man on a mission he talked about giving it his maximum effort also at one point um talked about how the club looks you know going around the buildings it looks the same but bigger and and how he's so excited to come back he even told stories about the locker room i mean just so so if that was the first thing i took from from the interview and the second thing i took is that we we first had lukaku as a young boy now we have a full grown ass man. Like this guy is not a guy looking to make his name. This guy is a well-known top quality striker and he's coming in as a finished product. Like this guy knows what he's good at and what he needs to do to succeed. And just the way he was speaking about the game, the way he was speaking about his like evolution, the way he was speaking about what his role is in this locker room. Like at the end of the day, Lukaku's coming in and he's the same age as Rudiger. Like, we're not getting a young guy with potential. No, we're getting the missing piece to make this a well-oiled machine in all aspects. That's what I liked about this interview.
0: You know, it's very rare that you can have a Champions League winning squad go out the following summer and buy a player who can be that team's best player from the go. Um, and, and I think that's how good Lukaku is now. Like Andres said, there's still a lot of Chelsea fans that have this preconceived notion of Lukaku still being relatively raw. And he's not, the guy's been a, 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 not just top quality. He's been world-class. He's probably been a top five striker now for the last two seasons. Um, what he did for that inter-team, I think was directly contributed to 35 goals in 36 matches. Just stupid statistics in a league where guys don't put up those numbers all the time. Um, You know, his game is so complete. He has the pace to run in behind. He's big and physical. He doesn't have that loose first touch anymore that everybody criticized him for. You know, he's always had that ability to put the ball in the back of the net. He is such a complete striker now. Um, and we're getting him at the peak of his powers. Um, and I still think his best is yet to come. I actually think the prime for a striker is about 30, 29, 30, and he's still 28. So, you know, you got at least three seasons of brilliance from him. Um, I would argue at least four or five. Um, how long's the contract? Do you know? Till 2026, 2026. Yeah. So that's like a four and a half, five year deal. Yeah. Mm, Cool.
1: Um,
0: no, I think it's it, it's exactly what we needed. And you know, we always talked about Holland, Holland this, Holland that, he would be the best. He was always short-term, he was always going to wind up at Madrid. It was always going to be a 3 or 4 year thing. And I think if Lukaku's that. I exactly. And you know, you get Holland in for all that talent, but you're not getting that passion and that desire to actually want to be here. And to be honest with you, um in a way I, I I kind of wanted Lukaku a little bit more for that fact. The guy wants to play at Chelsea, and he always has. And Andres, he touched on it. You know, his time at United was miserable. I think that's because he just didn't want to be there from the start. People talked about his fitness and his focus and this and that. When 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 you're not happy mentally, no aspect of your game can get put together properly. And I think that's that that was his main problem was just his general. He just didn't want to be there. You know, he saw Pogba and a couple of his other buddies over there and just decided that he would be happy. And it doesn't come down to that. Um, You know, he's a Chelsea fan. (laughs) So this is as good as it gets in terms of a striker signing. Um, You know, we we talked about our past signings like Murata and you know some of those other short term quick fix solutions that just never panned out. I think the only real good striker signing we made in recent memory is probably Giroud. Um, Diego? Yeah, Diego Costa would probably be the last one before Giroud. I think everything else in between was suboptimal. And then also the fact that we can't get rid of a bunch of our strikers. But no, I- I'm excited, man. And and I'm considering getting his kit this season. I wanted to get him out one, but uh, this is uh, – it's just an exciting time. We-, we finally have an end product, boys. This is going to be huge. Mm. In a long time,
1: a long time since, mm-hmm. since, uh, Diego,
2: since Diego Costa. Costa. Yeah. yeah. It'll, be, it'll be nice to watch us like go into a game and if we're struggling to create anything, just have a guy like bully his way into a goal from <laughs> no angle, just pushing a defender over and, and just going one-on-one against a keeper. Like that little thing. Oh like, we haven't God, had I'm that so excited
0: he also has that ridiculous he he had a run last season I think it was in the Champions League where he spun a defender around the halfway line and beat him for pace with the ball yeah it's unbelievable that little, like when
1: he's when he's, he's backing a, down into a center back and just gets the ball and does that spin move it's it's it ridiculous he it rolls off them unbelievable that's like is his the his, athle- side.
0: his athleticism is like similar to LeBron's in the nba in terms of just like natural ability yeah like it's yeah not, he's, a freak, not he's a freak athlete <laughs> no 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 but but i'm saying just in terms of athletic ability i mean that guy is i feel like he's built for any sport <laughs> i'm glad he's playing soccer though so yeah. that's good yeah i'm
1: glad he's playing soccer specifically for chelsea too yeah uh, let's, not football uh, soccer football club that, that, the chelsea soccer that, club that's for russ <laughs> thanks uh So, let's get into some Twitter questions. Uh, This first one's not really a question, but uh, it was pretty nice. From Colin Prescott, at Colin Blues Forever. He says, guys, so glad to be back for another season. This will be my first full season with you lads. I'll be here all year. Uh, I don't have any friends who like Chelsea besides my dad, so it's been great to find this group of awesome Chelsea fans. So... I I feel you calling on Zach is like my only friend who has, it was a Chelsea fan. I found Andreas, but, uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, so his question, uh, now that Chelsea pretty much knows their squad, what will be the main starting 11 and the formation? So we don't have to go through the whole 11, but I think the better question is formation. You guys think that we're sticking to the, to the script or are we going to change anything around? Uh, I think I think we're gonna move forward with what we've what we've seen in the last two matches in last season, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
2: I think the primary will still be the three four three, unless <laughs> uh, because we didn't have the players in preseason, it's been kind of a long term. It'll be a long term project to find a new formation. So to me, it's it'll be the three four three still.
0: I I still want to rub in the fact that I called this last season that the three four three suits this squad better than. The four-three-three or the four-two-three-one. So, suck it.
1: Good call, Zach. Um, Thank you. So this next one is from uh, at Black Emoji. We missed him. Where's he been? Um, so he asks, "Do we need a goal scorer in the midfield? If so, who do we add?" It's supposed to be RLC. No, it's not. Um, but it looks <laughs> like Tuchel cool is sticking with Conte slash Jorginho slash Kovacic. I, all I have to say is we're adding Lukaku, so I don't think we need a goal scorer in the midfield. We ha- we finally have our goal scorer. Right? right? Does anyone yeah. disagree?
2: Uh, I mean, I just think that this system doesn't require the two guys in the middle to to do the scoring. Um, with that said, I think Tuchel has instructed them to shoot a lot more from distance because between the Super Cup and uh, the, the Palace match, Kovacic, Conte, and Jorginho have been at least trying to shoot from distance. Conte being, oh like god, just Kovacic, and then oh. Jorginho had like a half volley that hit somebody. So it was a nice shot. I though. think we're, yeah, we're we're trying to. So, yeah, we'll see. You never know. Maybe the number eight jersey will make Kovacic magically learn to shoot.
0: Yeah, what's that about? Why didn't Mount get the eight? Very So why didn't he want the eight? Yeah, and why did Kovacic get it too? Like, seniority, I just, maybe, maybe Mount, maybe Mount wants to make the nineteen make uh, number. I mean, season. same
2: reason why William got the ten for one year. I think it's a seniority thing. I'm sure that there's a technically Kovacic has been on like the squad t- longer than Mount. Like a totem pole, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, all right. Uh, this next one is from at Vigil Bruin. He uh, he's asked a uh, huge Ampedu fan. I just don't see a path forward for him with Chelsea. Sad. Thoughts? <laughs> I love reading, like, the tweets verbatim because it, it's, it makes sense on a tweet, but reading out loud, sad.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, Andreas, do you see a future for Ampadu?
2: No, I don't. I I don't know. Again, I I, I don't think it, it was um, to his like to his own detriment, going to the Euros ruined his chances, I think, because he didn't spend a whole summer here. Again, I, the, the more I think of the loan system, especially with how much we rotate managers, hopefully that that hopefully that rotation is over. But For Tuchel now. hasn't seen Ampadu at all, and honestly, we haven't even seen enough of Ampadu to remember what Ampadu can really do. Is he a center mid? Is he a center back? Is he a left-sided center back? Is he a right back at times? Like we don't know. And unfortunately I don't think Chelsea or the teams that we're loaning him off to have the patience and are are dedicating the time to find out what player he is. So no, I don't see a path at Chelsea. So I hope he gets sold rather than loaned again so that, you know, from the fact that he's still young, he can kind of find out for himself where his career will go. I think it'll
0: be a lot easier to sell him too because of his international pedigree. You know, he's had I think he's double digits in caps now. Obviously he went to the Euros, didn't have the greatest tournament, but still went to the Euros. Um yeah, it kinda sucks. I you know, the limited soccer we saw from him was he looked good. I liked his bite, I liked his aggression, I thought he had that chip on his shoulder that we need. Look like he has the dark arts in him, like Rudy does too. I just have this odd feeling that if we do get rid of him, he's going to blossom into, you know, a a borderline, if not world class player at some point. because I think he does have that in him. Um, But, yeah, it's just a weird situation. All right. uh,
1: Let's go to the next question. This one's uh, another one from Ron. He asked, what's more important at this point, signing a center back or a midfielder?
0: Zach, what do you think? Midfielder. I still stand by it. I think there's, um, I think we have enough options at center back now, to where we could at least get through this season. I think if you're including wing back in this discussion, then maybe I can make the argument that we need cover at right wing back more than anything. Um, but I mean, I've been preaching that we need a CDM, you know, a natural CDM to cover for Conte. Um, so yeah, I think a midfielder
2: agreed
1: sweet and simple to the point. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get into our last question. This one's from Russell Saunders at Mr. Grumpy Oz. Are you fans? Uh, are you guys a fan of Mason's beard? And, uh, were you all wearing your new t-shirts to the pub for the match? Uh, so this is Russell Saunders. Uh, he, he has some awesome shirts. We've retweeted it. I think, uh, we'll retweet it again. Um, so we want, you know, here's a quick plug for him for his uh, shirts and hats. Um, but uh, we might be doing a cap giveaway, possibly. No cap. Uh, no cap. Uh, so, <laughs> but there will be a cap in this case, actually. Um, <laughs> so I guess, I guess the question is, are you a fan of Mason's beard?
0: Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It, no, I think not. so. I think, it oh, no. Wow. No, as a as a member of a you know the beard community,
2: I, I don't accept I, his application.
0: No, I, well, mm-hmm. why not? We need a
2: we it's patchy.
0: Yeah, hey, I was patchy
1: for a good. while. Just give him time and it'll grow full. <laughs> but, but but Tom, you
0: had potential. I don't Andres, think he could he, fit into anyone's squad, including the beard squad. Oh.
1: Every everyone can grow a beard. You just need
2: time. Or, or he could just stay in the clean cut squad. There's no shame.
1: Yeah, he did look good. Honestly, he's a cutie no matter what he does. So I'll give him <laughs>
2: that. I also I also miss his old haircut. Yeah, me I'm too. Not a big fan the haircut. Of
1: the current one. Yeah. I I miss the old like English fuck boy haircut that he used to have. I love th- that look. I think
2: look. this is the new. His new haircut is an English fuck boy haircut. This is like the maybe he's yeah. just an English fuck boy
0: this no, haircut he
2: gets no, is that. Mason. <laughs> no go back to being innocent
0: this is like, <laughs> the, tic- this is like the tiktoker stereotypical haircut i feel yeah, like yeah
2: i'm not a fan of it go back to like you know he needs to take the boys to men approach like be like like the, the the nice simple nerdy kid that people can like trust don't don't fall into like being edgy
1: all right let's finish up the F episode talking about uh Mason Mount's beard. Oh, I don't actually know. Let's talk about the Arsenal soul preview. Uh, so <clears throat> this is this. I the notes that we wrote are just laughter. Just ha 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 ha. Lmfao. They suck. We don't. It's pretty. It, it's that simple. <laughs> um. They they, admittedly, they had a very very strong end to last season, and. I didn't think that they would be contending for top four this year, but I thought that they would look better than last year. So far in preseason plus the beginning of this season, uh, they've had a loss to Hi- Hibernian, which I don't know. Would do you guys know where that is? they play? Scotland. Hibernian, their their Scottish team. Yeah. Drew against Rangers, lost to Chelsea, lost to Spurs, and then to wrap it up. They began their Premier League campaign with a loss to newly promoted Brentford, who was actually a sick team. And I kind of like them. Like, they're just like a great story. Um,
2: 74 years since the last time they've been in top-flight football.
1: 74? That's crazy. Yep.
2: Yeah. That's why the I, fans were crying, dude. It was Yeah, nuts. dude. It, it was, was unbelievable. Like
1: legendary. Yeah. And it, and the best part is that it all came at Arsenal's expense which is makes it even better. <laughs> so they've looked like shit. Um but it it's fair to note that in our last 5 matches away at the Emirates uh we've only had one win and one draw with three losses uh, in those 5 matches. So admittedly it's not the easiest place to play but I think those three losses are mostly flukes, but I'm I really don't know what's going on with the whole uh, Obama Yang and Lacazette situation. Andreas is convinced that they're out. Uh, I I saw Barcelona talks, and I you know if you thought Barcelona was was. You know, on a downhill trajectory right now, they're trying to buy Arsenal's strikers
0: off them. Like, does it get (laughs) any lower than that? It's a team whose net worth is negative four hundred (laughs) and fifty million. That's beautiful. They're in the negative net worth, yeah. But they're they're just as sad as Arsenal now. Like
2: listen. Here's the thing though. Chelsea in recent history struggle against relegation sides, yeah. and we uh-huh. have to take this game seriously. I thought you were gonna steal my stat, on So I was like ready to
0: go at you, but that was a good one.
2: I, I think that we need to take this game seriously. I hope Lukaku's ready. I hope Conte's ready, because we can't be lo- continuing this trend of losing to sides that are championship material.
1: It's so funny Dude. because like the start of every season, you know, the table is, is, is organized by alphabetical order. So Arsenal is number one to start the season. <laughs> and then after one match, they went from first to 20th to last place, uh, which makes it like that. That's, you know, first of all, that's the only time you'll ever see Arsenal at one. And then just t- to see them drop to 20, like from the fucking, like, how will, how will you explain that to your children? That in 2021, <laughs> on on Saturday, Arsenal was first in the in the Premier League, and on Sunday they were in 20th. How do you explain that?
0: But, it, uh, it must be the shittiest thing ever to be an Arsenal fan on a Friday. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's funny. like your whole
1: weekend's fucked. Oh yeah, it w- It was a fr- wait. Was that the Friday game? Yeah, It was, a yeah, Friday, it was, it was a the Friday first,
0: game.
2: The opening match was
0: the perfect. <laughs> start to the first day of the premier league i Better yeah, right. banter, banter start. dude yeah uh, the
1: bumblebees man i sent so many b emojis uh on that day it was it's
2: great um so ben white more like ben shite am i right <laughs> you're right uh there
1: it, all or nothing is on them this year too right
2: yeah they they decided to rebrand the title to just nothing <laughs> Wow. Where'd you, you read that? Which account did that come from,
1: bro? That, that joke was made for fucking when it was Tottenham. Tottenham.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is oh, was, was
2: it? it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that creative. Oh, I didn't <laughs> yeah, see that. Yeah, dude. It's the same exact fucking,
1: thing. That's, that's awesome. A, I like just, that. Like, why, wh- what? What's wrong with it's Amazon, right? What are they thinking?
0: Listen,
2: they're literally dude, picking the worst. They're, probably, they're picking the worst they're, clubs. They're probably just throwing them a few pennies, and and are and they know that. Fans like us are gonna eat yeah. this shit it's, up. Yeah, it's gonna Dude. be the most
0: dramatic, definitely. I am, I am such a fan of that show because of the teams they're picking. I want to see mean, the a city one run for. The city one was the, the city one was still cool just because he got the behind the scenes into Fraudiola and like you know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and, and like it was like Vincent and companies last season, and he scored the goal that kind of slipped, like. Saved the, the trophy run because Liverpool is right there. I mean, then they chose Tottenham and it, it starts with like, well, we have to fire Pochettino. So like yeah, three months episode. worth of, of recordings go down the drain and they get the best personality in front of a camera with Mourinho. And now we're going to get to see Arsenal fire their prodigal Ooh. son in Arteta who is supposed to be the greatest manager of all time. I can't wait. Oh, no. Farteta. Te- hot Hot and- seat. Do you uh, know um, who's going to replace him?
1: You know who's going to replace him and it'll it'll lead to the greatest show possible but it'll be terrible for us. Antonio um, Conte. No,
0: chance. he will not go there. Zero chance. He will I mean, look at that Conte? team. I, he'll look at that
2: team and he'll be like I don't <laughs> have any killers. Dude, he he, Only he told he told Tottenham no because they don't have a project yeah. or the or the money to fund him. Like yeah. zero chance. He walked away from Inter the champions of Italy cuz they had no money yeah. turned on Spurs cuz they said oh we're going to sell Kane and not have money there's zero chance he goes to Arsenal okay, he's but- probably waiting for someone like Pochettino to burn out a PSG so he can walk in and be coaching Messi and Mbappe and Neymar
1: but okay if even if that weren't going to happen like you talked about how lucky they were that uh about last year about Mourinho coming in who would be the best like storyline for him to come in for like specifically for all or nothing i think antonio conte would probably Thierry be the best Henry,
2: one he's also not a good coach <laughs> no, right i mean it would just be fun to watch Tyrion on be like guys i'm an invincible why are you guys so shitty or oh no even better yet he's they somehow get training. roy they somehow get roy Keane to to come in oh my god Andres, I, what are you, you saying? No you entertaining
1: entertainment wise, oh, we're talking oh, about. Strictly oh, entertainment wise fan- on fan- all fan- or nothing.
0: Oh, you're talking about fantasyland. Exactly. Yes.
1: yes, yes. I mean nobody's like, Roy take the I'm art Roy Kent. Roy Kent. If we're talking fantasyland, Roy Kent from uh, I
2: mean Roy Kent is definitely based on, on Roy Keane. You think hundred percent from percent uh, oh,
1: Zach doesn't even know what the fuck we're talking about because he doesn't watch yeah. Ted Lasso.
2: Oh unbelievable if, if you're you listening guys, to this all you, podcast, because all you
0: guys think i'm gonna raid your fucking uh apple accounts and look at all your shit i can't give you it zach just sign up for it. sign up sign it up a zach, huge, just
2: free free get trial. a one week trial and just yeah. binge it it's worth it
0: so i know man. i need to
1: and this but, for I mean, anyone else who's I, listening yeah. listen to ted lasso hey, yeah, hey, let's wrap up on, arsenal. And, and we are yeah. talking
2: about arsenal
0: i'm yeah. gonna start just by let's saying let's go. that um we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves. This is a team that's going to want to try and bounce back from whatever that was on Friday. So um, we obviously can't take it lightly in terms of what Sam said and, and Lukaku being ready. Uh is definitely going to be ready. He's a Chelsea fan and he's playing against Arsenal and his, you know, re-debut for the club, have you? So um, I'm gonna. I feel good about this going in. I think um, Lukaku is going to get his uh, account with Chelsea opened. I think he's gonna score. Um I think he has a potential to score multiple goals. That's why I'm really licking my lips. Um and I'm gonna go 3-0 Chelsea. I think I think we do I think we do back to back 3 nils. We're gonna see a bunch of posts all over Instagram and Twitter of how good we are for another week. That'll be great.
1: Love that world. Love love when you look through the Twitter Timeline and it's all positive. Positive, well.
2: yeah, it's yep. great. Andres, my bold prediction is that troops is going to break the record of f bombs on a video, a two minute video <laughs> during the match when we just go on a scoring tirade. Also, now, not I,
1: bold. it's not that you know, bold.
2: Realistically yeah. speaking, uh, realistically speaking, I think that Lukaku is actually going to not score. I think he's going to assist multiple goals and that the supporting cast around him is going to be the, the one scoring against Arsenal this weekend. That'll be great. That's my bold prediction.
1: Pulisic double. He's going to get to
2: I like revenge that. for them tearing his hammy. Yep.
1: I like that too. And revenge for that FA cup, which we
0: should have won. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: all right. I mean, I guess we have our predictions there. Um, yeah, so make sure that you guys are following us on uh, Twitter. I already kind of plugged it already, but at Romans Empire Pod. Um, be on the lookout for our next episode as well. We are going to be dropping one after the Arsenal match, uh, giving our take, and also looking forward to the week ahead as well. So uh, until then, keep the blue flag flying high.